That's awesome. So before I even get going today, man, I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you've never been baptized, if you're on a journey with Jesus, that baptism, it's not just like a declarative statement of I'm all in with Jesus. I believe it's also a prophetic statement, which means it's also telling something about your future, that as you go under, we're saying, I'm buried with Christ. My old life is dead. And as you come up, you're being risen in the the likeness of Jesus's resurrection saying, I'm going to live a new life united with Jesus, full of resurrection power, that it's stinking so powerful. And I'll tell you, I've, I, I told you I had the basement gym going on. I've been in the basement just, just getting my arms ready, just, just going up and down. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's what my workout's been. I don't do the sprinkling method. I let my, my, my dad can do the sprinkling method for you. I'm just a dunk guy. So if you want to get dunked, I've just, I've just messed around with you guys. But I actually thought, I was reading Acts uh, 8 this morning. It's really interesting. If you read the book of Acts, which is really the start of the church after Jesus is resurrected, it's interesting, even in Acts 8 this morning, the Samaritan people, they came to Jesus, and immediately they were baptized to declare their faith. And then there's the Ethiopian eunuch who found Jesus, and immediately there was a river right by, and they got baptized. And commonly in the New Testament, whole families would get baptized together. And I just wanted to put a challenge out, maybe even to some of the dads. I'm speaking dad language now. And for some of you guys as, as a family to say, man, we're making a statement as a family that the old is gone and the new has come, that we are going to devote our family and my life individually to King Jesus. I would encourage you, even as a father, even as a family, whether it's a mother or wherever you're at, man, maybe as a whole family, you decide this year in two Sundays to get baptized. I believe it will be a significant moment in your life, in your family's life, to declaring something new going forward. And I would even encourage you, me and Jenna did this with our son. His name is Bryce. On, uh, on, on the day of New Year's, January 1st, we got down on our knees and we just surrendered our, our new year to him. We surrendered our lives to him. And I would encourage you, even as you think about getting baptized, maybe tonight, maybe the one thing you take away from this service is as a family, move forward with some leadership and just get on your knees. Maybe it's this evening or when you leave here and just sit down as a family and just say, God, we want to give you our 2019 and we want to walk in your ways and we want to walk out the things you have for our life. I would encourage you to do that. And, and so I would say, I told my dad, man, I'd love to see, I think we normally have like 50 to 100, which is amazing. Man, I'd love to see 250 people get baptized. And so if you're on the fence, man, I would encourage you, man, there is something powerful. It's what we're talking about today, the power of a yes, of saying yes to Jesus, the saying yes to what he's calling you to do, that it's not only going to impact your life right now, but it's going to impact the future. It's going to impact your legacy. When you say yes to Jesus, it impacts generations. And so if you want to sign up, I'd encourage you, kensingtonchurch.org slash baptisms, or go to the hub, talk to someone in the lobby, or, or anyone who's working here, they'll tell you how. But I believe today, is going to be a day of movement. I believe that we're not just going to hear a message, but what the Lord's going to invite each and every one of us into is saying yes to him and saying yes to what he has for us, whether it's getting baptized or jumping into a group or giving your life to him in a new way for the first time in a fresh way. But the Lord is always calling us forward. And it's my belief and my hope today that some of you would make decisions of saying yes to what Jesus is calling you to do that would not only impact your life right now, but would impact your life for generations. And it's kind of what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump right into it. So Jesus, I thank you for every heart that's in here today, God. I thank you that wherever we're at, Jesus, you have something for us right now, right here, God. So let us see what you are doing, and let us respond to your invitation, God. That what is done today, God, would echo in eternity, Jesus. And that you would be close, and you would be near, 
And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm calling today's message, The Power of a Yes. And we're in this series called A Journey Home, right? And I kind of want to share with you even my story. Some of you may be new and I haven't in a while, but even sharing my own personal testimony. But I, I was listening to a podcast lately of a, of a pastor I really love and I know his background a little bit. I've listened to a lot of his teaching and I was blown away by this, uh, this really this um, moment he had with Jesus one day. And I'm listening to this guy's story. He's a pastor out in California and he started talking about his childhood and he actually grew up, he, didn't, he wasn't in a family that was following Jesus and at six years old, his biological father, uh, passed away unexpectedly. And so from that point, his mom got remarried and there was uh, several abusive husbands in his life. And I've heard him talk and he said for many years, he would think about getting revenge and striking back on, on, on his new kind of, not his biological father, but the new father that was abusive to his family. And somewhere within that realm, Jesus got a hold of his life and from that place, like, he speaks around the world now. Like, his ministry is global. He's reaching so many people. And from this place of, like, looking like complete brokenness, as we talked about earlier, Jesus brought resurrection to his life. And he said one day, it's about his 20th year in ministry, he was praying in their, their prayer house at their church. And he started having this picture come to his mind, and the Lord started speaking to him. And what happened was he was the first person in his family, right, that made a decision for Jesus. And now he has kids and his kids have kids. And there's this effect that started to happen because of his decision to follow Jesus. That his decision, his momentary decision to say yes to Jesus actually has eternal impact and generational impact and blessing that's flowed down. And so he starts having this vision and he said he's praying and he starts picturing his family in this huge house, and he's not there, but it's like these kids that he knows are a part of his grandsons or a part of his lineage, and he's not there. And he said there's this picture, and they're at this huge fireplace in this big living room, and there's a mantle, and on the, on the, the mantle is a picture of him and his wife. And the kids are pointing at the picture and saying, these, this person, they are the ones who started a different legacy for our family that their sacrifice and their yes to Jesus is the reason we're walking in what we're walking in now. And he said at the end of that, he heard the Lord say to him, I want you to stop building a ministry and I want you to start building a legacy. I want you to stop building a ministry and I want you to start building a legacy. And I ask you that today, what is the legacy what is the eternal legacy and impact that your life is leaving to those that are around you? That 200 years from now, would people look at your life and point to it and say, this person changed the direction and the line that our family was going in? Or maybe, like, if you're like me, maybe if this person carried on the torch that was passed to me, but I believe wherever you're at today, whatever you're in in your relationship with God, Jesus is calling you into something, and there's one or two answers when Jesus calls you into something, and it's either yes or it's either no. Right? He either wants your yes or you're saying no. And there is power when you say yes to Jesus, just like the story I shared, that when you say yes, it will actually impact generations. And I would ask you, what are you saying yes to? in your life? What are you saying yes to in your life? Because when you're saying yes to one thing, at the same time you're saying no to something else, right? I remember when I was a, a freshman in college, uh, spring semester, Central Michigan, fire up chips. 
Some of you guys saw Eric Fisher at left tackle for the Chiefs last night, getting the dub. Um, played with him at Central. But I remember driving home, and it was funny. In spring semester, all your friends are at college, and so we had spring ball, but I was home for the weekend, and there was this girl I met who is still in high school at Clarkston High School, who is now my wife, Jenna Coates, formerly known as Jenna Coates. And I remember I kind of knew her a little bit. I saw her play volleyball at Adams High School, had a, kind of an exchange with her, and I had her number, and all my friends were away from college, and I'm like, what am I going to do this weekend? And so I was driving home in my Mazda 3 stick shift at the time, and, and I was driving home, and I'm like, man, I have nothing to do this weekend, but I'd love to go out with Jenna Coates. And I had her number, and so I had about a 10-minute internal debate of whether to call her and ask her out or not call her and ask her out, Right. And it's like nerve-wracking because, you know, I'm putting myself out there. I could be rejected. And about 10 minutes after, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So I remember I call her up on the drive home. I'm, man, I had to be on like US 127 in the middle of nowhere, right? And, and I call her up, and I'm like, she picks up. She, we, we barely know each other. I'm like, hey, Jenna, I'm coming in town this weekend. Do you want to hang out? Like, what are you doing? She said, yes. The power of a Yes right? And you know what happened to that moment? It seems insignificant, but I said no to fear, and I said yes to moving forward, right? I said yes to stepping out and taking a risk, right? That my yes to her was actually saying a no to fear, right? In the same moment, I said yes. I said no to something else, and when she said yes to me, she said no to rejection to me, and that weekend, we hit up Great Lakes, went to Johnny Rockets, and had a little date, and I'll tell you what, about a few years later, we started dating, right? A few years after that, we got married, and now we had a son, and I got pictures, right? But it, but it all started with one decision, right, of stepping out. And maybe I didn't call. Who knows what would have happened, right? But, man, it's crazy when you step out. It starts, it's like a stone going into the water. There's, like, ripple effects. Do we have my son? His name is Bryce Wilson. And, uh, oh, look at him. Come on. We did good. We did good. Uh, my dad said at Christmas, he says, who's scared of a baby? He must not know what it's like at 2 a.m. He's out of practice, but we had some pictures. Actually, when he came out about five minutes in, the nurses asked me if I had any questions, and I said, is he the best-looking baby you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> and I've already decided I'm just going to be obnoxious dad that, like, just thinks my son is better than everyone else, because he is. And... Uh, <laughs> But that's, right, that's the power of a yes, right? You think on your life and where you're at now, it's probably an accumulation of decisions you've made, right? That one decision, one yes, right, can absolutely transform your life. I'm sure going into 2019, there's decisions you want to make, things you want to say yes to. I want to say yes to Whole30. I want to say yes to a better body. I want to say yes to health. And at the same time, you're saying no. That's why you put donuts in the lobby just to see if you're for real on your resolutions, right? But you know what I mean? You're saying yes to something. And when you say yes to something, I mean, I need to get up a little bit earlier and I'm saying no to this kind of food. I'm saying yes to this, right? You might be saying, man, I want to be more intentional in my walk with God. I'm saying yes to something. And there is power within that as you continually say yes for it to transform your life. And I would say this, when your yes is strong, you know what to say no to. And I think I'm realizing a lot more in my life, the power of intentionality to knowing what you believe in, to knowing what you're for, that your core values actually start to shape what you're saying yes to in your life, that you're not wishy-washy, right? 
Because I'm sure at times it might mean, should I do this? Should I not do this? But when you know what you're about, especially as a follower of Jesus, you know what to say yes to. You're not lukewarm. You're not on the fence. You know and you're intentional about your life and your relationships. And as you know what you're saying yes to, I believe it will have so many ramifications in your walk with Jesus. Surrender isn't just this momentary thing, but every day it's saying yes to him. You wake up in the morning, you say yes to him, saying yes to his word, yes to his ways. And as you're obedient to God, it's always for your benefit because he loves you and he cares for you. And in 2019, I'd ask you, are you saying yes to the right things? Even as we talk about groups, maybe you're not in a group and it's like, man, it's a little scary to go out there and talk to someone or to sign up. Say yes. And at the same time, you're saying no to fear, right? You're saying no to staying in the same place. You're saying yes to something. And you get plugged into a group that could be life-changing. I hope it's a good group for you, right? You say yes to baptism. Maybe you say yes to getting on your knees and giving your life to Jesus tonight, right? And what's done right in a moment can affect your whole life. And so right now, we're going to receive the offering. And I'm going to ask you to say yes, right? Like that's everything. It's just like yes or no. You know what I mean? Like maybe 2019 you're saying, yes, I'm going to give more than I've ever given before, right? And even for some of you, maybe you don't want to give. You don't want to put your, if you, if you want, you can get your phone out right now. We actually have a text uh, number. You guys see this. Me and Jenna, we give online. That's the way we do it. But if you want, in less than 10 seconds on the Kensington app, text the word Kensington to the number 77977 and follow the prompt. So if you want to give, please give right now. If you want to do it online or do it on your phone, you can even get it out right now and do it. Don't start texting people. Don't go on Instagram. You can take notes. I'll let you do it. But there is power in saying yes. And I love this story. There's a story in Matthew 4. It's I remember I said, yes, I'm going to share. I said yes to Jesus my sophomore year in college on December 4th, 2010. And that yes on that day has changed my life. And I remember after that, you know what started happening? I decided after being in church my whole life, maybe I should actually read the Bible. And so every night before I went to bed, I would start reading a chapter of the Bible. And I remember I started reading Matthew 4. And this verse I specifically remember was one of the first verses that ever spoke to me that I felt like jumped off the page and Jesus was speaking to me too. And it's written by a guy named Matthew. Some of you guys know Matthew was one of Jesus' apostles. He was an eyewitness of Jesus. He walked with him. He was his friend. And he wrote a book to describe what Jesus did in his life. Some of you guys also know he was a tax collector, which means he kind of was a traitor to his own people, right? And he was extorting his own people for money to pay the Roman government who was oppressing their nation at the time. So he was not liked by a lot of people. So if you've ever felt rejected, right? Or you ever felt like your own people rejected you? The good news is you can still be used by Jesus. And actually Jesus went up to Matthew as he was exchanging money and he said, hey, do you want to follow me? And it said he left everything and followed him. And his yes to Jesus in that moment changed everything. And so Matthew, in Matthew 4, he starts recounting Jesus calling his first disciples. And it's really interesting. And, and it's such a, like a lesson for life, even as we talk about groups today. The first thing Jesus does, one of the first things he does is he picks the people that he wants to follow him. The greatest things, one of the greatest things you can do in your life is the people that you're doing life with. Right? And so before Jesus like, explains the plan, he picks people. Because he knows the people I do this with are actually more significant than anything else. And so we have this moment, right, in, in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. It's so simple. 
but it's profound. And if we look at what the text is saying and we respond to it in a similar way to the disciples, to what Jesus is asking, it is life-changing. And so I remember what Jesus said to me as I read this. This is how it goes. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And saying they were fishermen, it means they weren't like high in society. They were just some dudes that were fishermen, probably weren't really esteemed in society or really looked at in a high way, which is beautiful because what's about to happen is Jesus comes up to them, these people that are just ordinary, and he makes them an offer that is extraordinary. He says this, so simple, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. I love verse 20. It wasn't like, let us think about it. He says this, at once, immediately they responded to that invitation. They left their nets and they followed him. Verse 21, the same thing happens again. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them in the middle of them working, right? Like some of you, you're like, man, I have things going on in my life. I don't really have time for Jesus right now. Right in the middle of them doing something, he says, Jesus called to them. He said, come follow me. And it says immediately they left what they were doing. They left their boat and they left their father, right? They're working with their dad. Peace out, dad. We're going to follow Jesus and followed him. They followed him. I remember reading this as a 20-year-old and I read this and it was like the spirit of God jumped off the page and the word was alive and I just felt like the Lord said, Cody, will you follow me? And there is only Two responses to that question. There is either yes or there is either no. And your answer to that question will dictate, I believe, the rest of your life. And I remember also I'm saying, it says they left everything. He said, will you leave everything and will you follow me? And I remember in my dorm room by myself, in my heart, I made a decision and said, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. What's bizarre is that invitation is still just as alive today. That Jesus is extending to each and everyone, will you follow me? Will you follow me? And what I love about this is these guys are just fishermen, which means they had fish dreams, right? Like think about their life, Peter and John, right? They woke up that morning and they're thinking, man, I wonder if we're going to catch fish today. We got to prepare the net. I wonder what the fish are going for on the market if we're going to make money. That was the vision for their life. And right in the middle of the ordinary, something extraordinary happens and Jesus comes to them right in the middle of the mundane. He offers a miracle and he says, will you follow me? And even just today, you thought you just walked in, right? It's just, hey, we're doing church, we're doing the thing. But right in the middle of that, there's an invitation from Jesus to say, will you follow me? What is your response to that? Because there is power in a yes. There is power in a yes. And think about this, they say yes to him, they don't even know what they're saying yes to. They're saying, yeah, we want to follow you. And Jesus is inviting them first into relationship. You know what he's inviting them to? He's inviting them home. He's inviting them in to what they were made for, into their destiny, that they were just fishermen. And he's like, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to give you a new identity. I'm going to give you a new purpose, right? And they say yes. And what they don't know is that decision in that moment that seems so significant, like insignificant at the time, they are remembered, these men, 2,000 plus years later. Why? Because of their yes right there. 
and your decision for Jesus, maybe it's to get baptized, maybe it's to jump into a group or just say yes to him for the first time. It might not seem like a big deal, but 2,000 years ago, the ramifications of that decision could have eternal impact. That it could not just change your life, but shift the legacy of your family. And I'm not talking about a wishy-washy like, yeah, I guess I'll follow him. I'm talking all in. Dead to my old life. Alive in Christ. Will you follow me? And they get a whole new vision. They have no idea when they said yes that years later they would see this man crucified on a cross. Not just crucified, but raised to life. The excitement and the joy that they would believe and love him so much they themselves would extend their own lives and be martyred to make Jesus known into the world that these fishermen just in Galilee who would probably never leave that city farther than 50 miles, right? That their yes would bring them all over the world to preach the gospel and lay the foundations of the church that we are still building on today. And maybe for some of you, you're like scared to leave what you know and go into the unknown. But welcome to the life of faith. Welcome to the journey of following Jesus. That he is not just a life changer, he is a legacy shifter. And as you get out of your boat and get out of your comfort zone and get out of what you know and what's safe, he will bring you to places and to people that you never imagined. And in doing so, he will shift the legacy of your family. And, and, and maybe you're like me. I, I wanted to share my story. Maybe some of you guys are new. I haven't shared my testimony. But for me, some of you guys know my, my parents were a part of founding Kensington Church. 28 years ago, the church is, I was in the womb when it started. That's just too much information for you guys. But um, I remember going to church my whole life, hearing about God, coming to church, if I'm being honest, was not really that life-changing for me. There was one dream I had. It was football. Went to Adams High School. Ended up pursuing football with everything I had. I wasn't like a bad kid. I actually didn't want to do things bad because when you're the pastor's kid and you do something bad, everyone talks about it and it's terrible. And I didn't want to mess up like a football or a scholarship. And so I remember getting offered to go to Central Michigan. I remember uh, accepting a, an offer to go there. And I remember my freshman year, I, I've shared this story before. I was in my dorm room and my dorm room actually overlooked Kelly Short Stadium, the greatest stadium in all of college football. <laughs> they call it the little house. And... Uh, I remember overlooking it on the fourth floor of Chilati Hall and just being like, man, like I'd look at it every night and be like, man, I just want to make it. Like I want to be successful. Like that was my dream. I remember having a conversation with a guy on my football team and he, he was a fifth year senior and he said, yeah, dude, if you start making plays, they'll start selling your jerseys. And I remember hearing him say that. I'm like, that's what I want, right? Like that's what I'm saying yes to. That's what I want in my life. And by the time of my sophomore year, I had a really good season, got voted MVP of the team. Was, was having a phenomenal season. They started printing the jerseys off. Remember going to class and you have your professors, you're doing the little CM life and they'd have me stand up and make the class cheer for me if I had a good game. And I remember thinking like, man, I've made it. Like I have, this is what I wanted. This is what I want. I felt like, I, man, I was doing really good in school, captain on the team, MVP, felt known. But there was something really tragic in the middle of that Maybe you've been at a place where you've actually obtained the thing you were looking for only to find out the thing you were looking for left you completely dry and empty. 
that I really believe what the world is selling as fulfillment, what the world is selling as satisfaction is a lie. And so I remember like just being so lost, right? Like it's almost like the thing you want to be home is the thing you love. And then I thought that was home and realized I was still just as lost even when I walked through that door. And so I remember I had this night, I didn't go out a lot, but I went out, I had a recruit. I remember I partied this night and did some things I wasn't very happy with. I went to bed that night. I was walking with, a, with one of my buddies down this hallway and I remember saying to him, dude, I wasn't very happy about like the way I treated people and the way I lived last night. I feel like I need to apologize to some people. And I remember he said to me, I'll never forget this. He turned to me as we're walking down the hall and he said, dude, don't even worry about it. That's just what we do. And I was like, Wow. Like, is this who I am? Is this the life I wanted? So I spent the whole day in conviction, just like numb. Remember, I had some, like, Christian friends. I show up at my, my dorm room later that day. I didn't tell them what happened, because why would I want to tell them about what happened last night? They, they heard about it. Like I said, there's just, like, a way when you're, like, the pastor's kid, everyone knows when you do something bad. And... Uh, I'll never forget this. I was in my room, and my buddy was there, a couple of my buddies, and one of them asked me this question. They were like, they, the first thing they asked me was, well, why do you even go out and do that stuff? And I remember I said, I literally have no idea. I guess it's just what you're supposed to do. I had no emotional intelligence to even understand why I was doing what I was doing. And then the next question cut like only the Spirit of God can. And they, someone asked me this question, is God enough for you? And for some reason, when that question was asked, if you asked me that question for the first 19, 20 years of my life, I would have been like, yeah, of course. But for some reason, I had the revelation and the realization that, no, God has never been enough for me. Because if he was enough for me, like, I would choose him, but I've chosen everything else. I don't know if I ever had consulted him on any of the decisions I was making with my life. And it was like, when that question was asked, for some reason, I was completely aware of the fact of every moment that I did not choose him and aware of my sin. And what was unbelievable, it was like I realized like how much I didn't choose him. And at the same time, the God of the universe, I had no language for it at the time. It was like he started invading my dorm room. And the spirit of Jesus, I would not have said that at the time. I was just on my knees weeping. And it was like, for some reason, in that moment, the love of God filled my heart in such a way, even at the moment that I felt so dirty, like such a sinner, the love of God came into my life. And the God that I had heard about my whole life, the Spirit of God started to make him real to me. It was like he came in the room and introduced himself and was like, I'm the person you've heard about your whole life. And I remember being on my knees the people left because I was just weeping on my knees and I was just crying and it was the first time in my life. And obviously life wasn't perfect after that and I made mistakes after that, but I didn't start following Jesus for a perfect life. I started following Jesus because I wanted Jesus. That he became my desire because I saw the goodness of the Lord and I tasted his love and I said yes to him. I said yes to him for real for the first time in my life. I said yes to him. 
Now, I remember in that moment, I was so overwhelmed by his love. I got out my phone on my knees and I started deleting the numbers of all the people in my life that were bad for me and were pulling me away from him. And the same moment I said yes to him, I started saying no to everything else. I remember I'd start walking to campus because I didn't want to look at people. After that, I'd put my hood on and my headphones and I'd just pray everywhere I went. I'd just start walking because God became real to me. He became real to me. And what I've discovered is, as I look back now, man, when they asked me that question, why do you do that? What I realized is I was looking for love because I didn't know I was loved. I was looking to be chosen because I didn't know I was chosen. I was looking for like life because I didn't know he was to life. Let me just like spoiler alert, whether you believe it or not, everything is in Jesus. Everything is in Jesus. If your hope is in politics, if your hope is in a relationship, if your hope is in your job, let me tell you, you're going to get let down. It's Jesus. You know what the hope is for the next generation? It's not slicker services. It is Jesus. It's not a new way to evangelize. It is Jesus. Because all the world is looking for their father. All you orphans, come home, it's Jesus. All you wanderers, come home, it's Jesus. All those who are lost, come be found by the man who is Jesus. It doesn't matter what your past is. He will erase it. He will forgive it. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did on the cross. And as you receive him and his spirit comes alive in you, he will forgive you. He will give you new life. And as you say yes to him, he will redeem your legacy. My life is the byproduct of people saying yes to Jesus. My relationship with Jenna is because we said yes to Jesus together. My son is the byproduct of a godly legacy of people who say yes to Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter where he sends it, right? And you might think, oh, I need to go over to Africa or I need to go. No, you just need to love people and spend time with Jesus. Like maybe he's calling you to do that. I don't know what he's calling you to do, but I'm sure in your mind you have something that he's saying. He's asking, you need to say no to this and you need to say yes to this. And, and, and I would say this, my last point, surrender is not a one-time decision, but a continual lifestyle. Every day he says, will you follow me? And oh my gosh, the most exciting thing in the world is to say yes every day. I really think people are like, man, I've given up on God. There was this one time I loved him and I followed him. Maybe you said yes in a moment. Right? If I look at your, your God calendar and it was like five years ago, I said yes, but now it's cold. Every day, continually saying yes to them is the sustaining relationship that will bring life. Every day. Every day. I love what it says in Hebrews 12. There's this chapter in Hebrews 11. It's like the faith hall of fame. It's all these saints of old who have followed Jesus. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. He didn't say throw off some things. He didn't say off, throw off the little things. He says throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. He's saying say no to this. Why? So you can say yes to your calling. So you can say yes to your destiny. So you can say yes to Jesus. And it says, and let us run with perseverance. He didn't say, let us run for one day. Run with perseverance. He didn't say, let us run because we have an emotional encounter with Jesus. Every day, choosing him in surrender. And what? Fix our eyes on Jesus. 
the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Because when you're looking to the left or the right and when you're tangled up, if you're tangled up in sin and you're trying to run, you're gonna fall. If you're trying to run towards him and you're hanging on to something else, you're not gonna get very close. But as you throw off, you say no to all that, you say yes to Jesus. And as you say yes to him, you're saying no to everything else, right? And you fix your eyes because he is the author and the perfecter. The prize isn't something, it's someone and it's Jesus. And as you fix your eyes on him and you run towards him, you say no to sin. You say no to the things that tangle you up. You say no. I felt like today, maybe someone's in this room and you've been thinking about, maybe I should have an affair. Say no to that and say yes to your spouse. Right? Say no to that and say yes to your family. I said 2019, say no to addiction. Say yes to wholeness. Say no to shame. Say yes to kingdom identity. Say no to fear. Yes to courage. No to guilt. Yes to forgiveness. No to complacency. Yes to motivation. No to temptation. Yes to purity. No to loneliness in isolation. Yes to connection to groups. No to Satan. Yes to Jesus. I love what it goes on to say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I said, if Jesus can be rejected, betrayed, beaten, and climb a mountain bloodied for our sins, you can keep going. Okay? You can keep going. At this moment, this, uh, this past summer, I had the opportunity of going, uh, my, my dad shared a little bit, we went to Ball State's alumni golf outing. I felt like a traitor going there. And uh, we were driving uh, to the stadium. We, we went and took a picture in there, like a selfie. And we were pulling up to the stadium and he, he actually shared this story that I'd never heard from his life before. And for me, like, I'm carrying on a godly legacy, but my parents started one. Some of you guys know my dad came from a broken family, alcoholics. My mom came from a family that didn't know Jesus, had sexual abuse. And them saying yes to Jesus, I know I'm a part of the fruit of that decision. And we're driving up to the stadium. He said, in this parking lot, he had a girlfriend that he dated four years. He caught her in bed, caught her in bed, cheating on him. And he went home to his house in Finley and he surrendered his life to Jesus. You know what he did? He said yes to the invitation. Come follow me. He didn't know what that meant at the time. He didn't know the fruit of that. He didn't know about Kensington Church, right? He didn't know about my mom. He didn't know about the kids that would come from that. He didn't know about this book and being on the Today Show when he said yes. All he knew was Jesus was asking, and he wanted to say yes. And so he said a few months after this, I didn't know this, he said his girlfriend who cheated on him drove to Ball State, and in that parking lot, she was asking to get back together with him and saying, I've changed. I'm not going to do that anymore. I want to be with you. And he told me, when we were driving, he said, I was in the car and he said, I really started thinking, should I get back together with her? And he said, after thinking a few times, he looked at her and he said, you know what? I'm a new man and I've given my life to Jesus and we are not getting back together and I'm never talking to you again for the rest of my life. And I remember he looked over at me and he goes, and I haven't, I have no idea what she's doing. I've never talked to her again. <laughs> And in my mind, you know what I thought? When he said yes to Jesus right there, and he said no to her, that was the start of my life. 
And I thought, man, what about the spiritual warfare that was going on in that moment? And it might seem insignificant. And it might not seem like a big deal. And it might seem like just another day. But when you say yes to Jesus, legacy. You know what my child is? He's a legacy carrier that will carry the fire of God to the whole world. And I don't know if it's you today saying, man, I've missed the mark. I've sinned. God, forgive me because I want to run a new way. Believe me, he has the power to forgive your sins. He has the power to redeem your life. And maybe you're going to be the first one that said, I'm going to lead and I'm going to make a different path for my family and for my legacy than what was laid before you. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, I'm going to carry the torch of what's been passed to me, right? And maybe it's as simple as saying yes to Jesus, right? Maybe it's as simple as saying in two weeks, I'm getting dunked because I'm all in and I'm living my life for Jesus. Maybe it's as simple as saying, I'm getting in a group and I'm investing in my faith like never before this year. And I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But oh my gosh, it will be fulfilling. And so as we end today, what, what I want to do, we don't, we don't have a song. You guys are going to be free to go and I'm ending on time. Come on. And uh, <laughs> I just thought to end today, I don't know what you're saying yes to and I don't know what Jesus is asking you to do. But I'm sure for some of you for the first time, Right? God's saying, will you follow me? And it's not by your righteousness. It's not by your works. It's by his righteousness and his works. And you say, God, forgive me. And Holy Spirit, come make your home in me. That's your journey home. It starts by just saying yes to him. And he's just, the door's wide open. It's always been open. And he's just saying, will you walk in? And so I just wanted to give you a chance. If, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you're just saying, man, I walked away. I want to say yes to him again. I'm just going to invite you. I'm just going to ask you to stand because I want to pray for you before we get out of here today. So just, just go ahead. If that's you, if God's moving in your heart and you want him today, why don't you just stand up right now? Yeah, I see you guys. Yeah, take the courage. I, I thought, man, look back on your life and be like, today something changed. Let me see you, let me see you stand up. That's awesome. Yeah, give him a hand. Come on. Come on, keep, keep coming. If you want to, keep standing up. That's so good. That's so good. And so, man, I'm just going to pray for you guys as, as we go out of here. So if you're around them, we're a family. So if, if it's not too, if you're comfortable with it, just reach a hand out for them and say a prayer under your breath for them because we want to pray for you guys. So Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room, God. I thank you and, and I, I ask Holy Spirit that you would fill each and every person right now, especially those standing with, with your love and with your grace, God, that you would release freedom in this room, God, that, that you would release something new. I pray for each and every one of us, God, that something in our mind, maybe it's a person to call, maybe it's someone to forgive, maybe it's something new you want us to do that we would say yes to it, God. And I just pray that your hand and your covering over our family, over this church, Jesus, that you would do what only you can do, Jesus. We love you so much, God. We thank you that you are the generational shifter. And when we say yes to you, it's like the blood of Jesus comes down our lineage, God. So I pray that generational addictions, generational sins would be broken right now in Jesus' name, God. That you would release peace, that you would release life, God. And that you'd give us a hunger for your word, God. Even as we wake up tomorrow, we'd be in the Bible, God. And your word would be life and nourishment to our soul, God. And so, God, let 2019 be like like nothing before. And I'm praying more people want to get baptized than ever before, God, because we were going to be a family and we're going to be a church that's all in for you. And you are moving, you are alive, and you are active, God. So bless each and every person. And I just pray significant 
impact and life change over each and every person standing, God, that they would see you and know you like never before. Thank you for their courage and boldness to stand, Jesus, for you. It's in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, you guys can, you guys can clap. And so uh, I want to encourage you guys. Uh, we're going to have the prayer team up here. If you want prayer, come get prayer. If you want to get baptized, go talk to someone. Kensington Church dot org slash baptisms and you'll see all the donuts out there grab a donut sign up for a group you can have a cheat day if you're not you know what i mean just go grab a donut but we love you guys have a great day uh and you're free to you're free to leave and actually midweek wednesday night don't forget we'll see you then see ya